Hi, this is Ellen Warren from Geeks Unite Board Game Cafe, where we encourage you to unplug, reconnect, and unite over a board game and dinner. I am on a quest in the Pittsburgh area to find out where people are collecting to play board games. Today, I'm going to interview Steve France, co-owner of Nerds Cards and Comic Book Stores here in Bridgeville, Pennsylvania, to find out if they have board games and hold board game fits. Okay, um, first off, what really made you decide to open up a game store and kind of decide on first this part? Because I know later you considered board games later, but what made you decide the comic book part? Is it collectible card games that you do? Yeah, collectible card games. You recognize what I have on. Yes. So, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which, by the way, is uh, Legends of the Five Rings is what I happen to be wearing. And and the sad story behind that is I was over at Gen Con, Mm -hmm. and they weren't giving away the shirts. They were in designated areas throughout Gen Con, Mm -hmm. and only the participants that were in the tournament were getting the T-shirts, but they had a big box of them there. Sure, sure. And I saw the guy had dragons, and I'm like, oh, can I have one of those? No, no, it's really for the players. And I said, now how cool is it that a girl comes up to you and wants your shirt? Yeah. Now how cool is that? And just on that alone, he gave it to me. That's amazing. (laughs) But anyway, uh... So, um, but anyway, please continue. What what really got you into considering putting board games in and this type of, uh, the other type of things you have in here? So, um, I started working for a board, uh, for a, a comic book store when I was about 22. Uh, I was working for a store called uh, the Geekadrome. They're located in uh, Brookline. Uh, so pretty close by, I mean, uh, about half an hour drive from this area here and uh, I had been working there for about three or four years uh, I really I really enjoyed my work like I was there because I had played magic for at that time probably about 15 years at this point I probably played magic for about 18 almost 20 years at this point um, the game's been around for about 25 years at this point so I've been playing pretty much since the beginning um, but he uh, the owner took me on as kind of like an a informal judge, and uh, eventually I actually got my judgeship in Magic as well. But he took me on, and I enjoyed the comic book angle of things. I really enjoyed the cards. And he did carry board games as well. And uh, that was the first little taste I got of actually being able to be in the retail environment of uh, comic books, board games, uh, card games at all. Uh, so eventually where my mind started going was, well, I want to do something for myself. I'd really like to kind of like dip my, my toe into the water, so to speak. And, uh, I knew that I had a friend of mine that was also working at a comic book store. He and I went to high school together. Um, we had been friends for a very long time. At this point, we were probably friends for about 10 years. And he was working at a place called Pittsburgh Comics, uh, out in, uh, McMurray, uh, they are 99% a comic book store, and they're a great comic book store. They're a wonderful place. I really, I, we're still very good friends with the owner. Um, but, and they're still open? Oh, yeah, they're still okay. open. Um, they're doing, they do wonderful business. Like, they're, they're, they're such a huge location. But, uh, they used to actually be a part of, uh, New Dimension Comics for a long time, uh, if you know the name. Uh, they're definitely a predominant name in the Pittsburgh area as far as comic books go. <laughs> but they, they were like a splinter cell, if you will. Uh, 
So we kind of started talking. We said, hey, well, we're, we're both really enjoying this line of work. Um, if we ever get the money together, we should probably, we could, we could consider doing something for ourselves. And lo and behold, we got to a point and said to each other, well, I think we've done it. We've got the, we've got the startup capital, so let's do this. And we moved into a little location a little bit down the street, uh, 604 Washington Avenue. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started up this business. And it was built entirely on magic cards and on the comic books. And okay. I loved it. It was a really, it, it, it was wonderful. The space was really, really unique. I really, I kind of pined for it a little bit because I did, we literally did every single thing to that building. Like, we had we painted an entire room red, which I never had been able to do. That, that was just cool to me. I don't know. Uh, and it had vaulted ceilings. It was really cool. Like, the feel was amazing. Way too small of space. Um, <laughs> that's the killer. The killer was, that's a after doing all the work, and after a year of being open, we figured out we can't we can't grow here at all. And on top okay. of that, we looked at the rent and we were like, nah, they want one way too much for what they're what they're giving us here. So we moved down the street to here. Um, luckily enough, my uh, my dad's uh, my dad's attorney, his his brother owns this building, and we were able to uh, make a little deal with him and kind of like finagle something and we're able to get this building uh and it's a it's a nice location it's right on the main street which is really nice like right on the main like the main two streets in bridgefell old bridgefell <laughs> <laughs> and uh we've been able to uh keep going since then and that's when and when we moved here that was when we made the decision that we wanted to start expanding into board games because we'd started playing around with the board games over there but our selection was literally just set up as like the ones that you could do like the pick up and go stuff like we carried like sushi go uh I'm trying to think of some of the other like some casual games casual stuff exactly mm -hmm. and that's what we were we were focusing on because we knew that those are the things that people would pick up on and uh it's all sold, did well, but um, we, we said, well, we need to get into more of a hardcore gamer crowd that needs to be able to come in and still be able to uh, pick up those bigger titles. And uh, that's when we decided to start expanding into the bigger board games and such like that. Um, and since then, like, we, we get in the big titles when they come in. Like, God, I cannot tell you how many copies of Azul we sold this year. I can't tell you how many. Like, it's stuff like that. Okay, I have it in my car. I, yeah, I just exactly. had to come right out and say that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I literally it, do have it in my car right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just such a wonderful, simple game that I can't uh, I can't imagine now like having not having played it, not owning a copy. I can't put down Splendor. That's, Splendor. That's oh, I love Splendor. That's my crack. I yeah, like that that's, one I'm, because they also put it on iPad. Yeah, so I know. that you could have all these so solitaire games, and I absolutely love it. Matter of fact, I spoke about it on my podcast last week. So it's like that's my nice. game. Yeah, that's no, on Splendor's my top five. An, absolutely, I I would agree with you hundred percent. I have a copy of Splendor at home. The other game that I've been um, buying expansions up like crazy. Have you played Mystic Veil? No. It is the most unique game that I've played recently. It's um, it's a card gamer's dream, really. It's um, the, the game is built on decks. Everyone has a basic deck that have symbols uh, that have two sim that could have two symbols on them. Some cards are blank, 
completely blank. Like, mm -hmm. they have nothing on them. Some cards will have um, fertile grounds, and some will have cursed lands. You basically play your hand open. So you flip cards off the top of the deck until you hit three cursed lands. If you'd like, you can push your luck and try to get more cards off the top of the deck. Because fertile ground is like your resources that you get for the turn. And you can buy up, just like in Splendor, you have cards that you can buy right in the middle of the table that you can modify. Because these cards actually are just slips. So you actually slip the card right, the, the modifier card, into a slip card. Mm -hmm. And it goes into your discard pile. And then you shuffle it up and go again. And your cards continue to change because you keep buying things to modify your cards. It is... Okay, I'm going to put that on. Yeah, it's on my list. On, yeah, definitely have that one as a, a good one. And uh, they have three expansions out so far. Okay. Uh, it is it is fun. <laughs> okay, so we both agree on those uh, casual games. What would you say is probably the best game just this year that you've discovered? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I it, it's going to sound really silly, but no, um, Baron Park... Have you ever played? No. It, Baron are, Park. Baron Park. You are building your own Beat. bear zoo. That's it. The whole concept of the game is you're building a bear zoo. <laughs> a zoo for bears. That's it. That's all I it is. I love it. it I is, love it. It's a tile-based game. You continue to build off of your initial tile, and you can actually expand your zoo as you go. And you get points for making it make sense. That's literally all you do. If you build the paths so you can actually get around and see all of the exhibits and make sure that the exhibits make sense, you will be awarded points for that. <laughs> if you make a muddled mess, okay. you will be hurt for that because it's really a silly idea to put a porta potty right next to an exhibit. <laughs> it doesn't make sense because, like, what happens if the bear gets out and attacks the porta potty? Exactly. You can't do that. So, so it makes more sense to have a hot dog stand there than a porta potty, right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's something you can do too. They have concessions and everything. Like the whole thing is like you're building a zoo <laughs> that only has bears. I really liked it. It was a silly game, but I really, really enjoyed okay, it. Okay, so you would say with a, a casual, light game, how long does it take to play and how many people do I you think? I would say probably an hour to play. Um, I think it I think it supports four. It might support more, but I... Uh, I've only played it with four before, so I, 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 uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in your opinion, now that you've taken, you're immersed in games now. What would you say, as far as a classic game, a classic game that everybody should have? A classic game that everyone should have. That's a great question. I mean, I, I, it might sound stupid no, to say ahead. this. If you play Monopoly in the intended way. Okay. It's a fun game. The problem is that everyone's modified the rules a thousand times over to make the game completely unplayable mm -hmm. and a total slog fest. Like, a, a game of Monopoly should last 45 minutes if you do it the right way. Like, and that, that includes whenever a property is put up uh, for sale, everyone's supposed to be able to bid on that property. That's what okay. in the intended rules. That's that's one of the biggest things that happens there. That's the big one. If the, if you were, that's the big fix. That if everybody played it right, if you play Monopoly correctly, you will never. The game is not boring, and it actually shows you 
what a monopoly is. Like that's really truly what it is. That and if you can, uh, if they if you eliminate the uh, the concept of the hotel, the game also gets a lot better. The okay. hotel is also something that really that's kind of like it's cutthroat when, yes. when you start throwing that in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because if you're if you're a seasoned Monopoly player, which I actually have a friend who he goes into Monopoly tournaments, like this is a thing he does, and I'm like, I could never. But um, he tells me that one of the biggest ways that you can completely ruin people's lives in Monopoly is only buy houses. Do not buy don't don't buy hotels because Houses are a limited resource in the game. Mm-hmm. If you just buy four houses on all of your properties and never buy the hotels, they can't buy the houses. No one else can buy houses. So, oh, okay. So you use the mechanic against exactly. Oh, I like use that. Use the mechanic against everyone else. So okay. if you're the first person to start buying houses, just don't do anything but buy houses, mm. and you're set. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's there's some devious stuff like. And I, I was part of the, the group that hated Monopoly until I met this friend of mine, and he kind of turned me on to why the game is not as terrible as everyone says it is, because, I mean, that is the first thing that people say. I mean, if you look up on Board Game Geek, it is in, like, the 10,000s. Yeah, no, everybody disses Everyone it. disses Monopoly. If you play it the right way, it's really quite a good game. Okay, okay. I, I, I honestly... Didn't even think of that. I really hadn't thought of it that way. Um, do you do? Do you hold any um, RPG events? Yes, uh, we do uh, Dungeons and Dragons night every Thursday night. D and D, and what other flavors? Um, we have had Pathfinder campaigns okay. go through as well. They are usually a little bit more flighty. The groups tend to come during like the summers because like kids are home from college, kids are home from like people just have more time to be able to dedicate to it. Um, and we've had a little bit... Uh, I, I, I had one group coming in doing uh, a campaign for, like, first edition D&D, which was uh, interesting, to say the least. Like, it's cool to look at the game, how it's changed over the last... I guess we're looking at probably almost 50 years. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, and having just sat down with the group when they were doing first edition campaign was like, there was so many things that they had to track. And I was like, I understand why the game has changed. They like it. They, they enjoyed it. And I'm happy they did because I wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> um, apart from that, um, I also do have a friend who's been writing a campaign for the last few uh, months. He's about to do uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, okay. World of Darkness. Got yes. it. Yes. Okay, Mask. Got it. Is it... Isn't there two vampire ones? One's Masquerade and one's something else. Uh, I want to say... Not, it's not Bloodlines. Um, Blo- uh, maybe that's it. It might be Bloodlines. Okay, so good. You do act, or he's he is he currently writing his own campaign he's for Mask. He's writing his own campaign for it. Which for Mask, is, okay. Yeah, it's. When did he think he might be bringing that out? Oh, I keep asking him that. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> give a me thing. his number. I'll call him. Oh, I I, I will. Yeah. No. Tell him we mentioned him on the podcast and Wells of the article. Maybe we'll get him. Yeah, we'll no, motivate he, him. That would be great. He needs motivation. Um, <laughs> like honestly, he does because he keeps telling me every single time he comes in, he's like, "I just really want to do this," and I'm like, 
then just finish up the campaign you're starting. And he's like, I will. And then he doesn't. So <sighs> Okay. Eh. Like I said, you know, give me his number. I'll help you. I'll help yeah, you out. Yeah, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, okay, so uh, let's let's do a typical uh, game doubt. Now, I think what might be is, uh, let, me, let me back that up a little bit. When you have somebody, like just passing on the street, you think they, they might be intimidated by what they're seeing here. Well, I don't get it. Uh, it looks weird. Uh, definitely too complicated. How, and, and it's actually a part of an audience that myself I'm trying to pull into it because um, I run games at Max and Irma's um, sure. over in the area and a lot of games that I bring in everybody's never seen them before Sushi Go as a for instance yeah. I did Kinder Bunny on another table and I, I you know and I have several games that I've gone and, and taught since then um, and that people are like wow this is fantastic I love it Guillotine was a big oh hit. I love Guillotine it's a great um, game I saw I, I actually read your, your, yes. your article on that <laughs> because it is a game that I really enjoy um, and the the real these young people had come in and they went right for Uno because it's what they recognize. And I said, and I walked over to it, I said, before you pick this up, can I show you something else? Uh huh. So, how do you introduce somebody that might just kind of walks in here and kind of looks a little intimidated, or oh, those games look awful complicated? How do you approach that? Well, there are still a number of games that you can um, that you can give people that. Uh, I feel aren't to the complexity level that a lot of the Lords of Waterdeep and uh, the Stone Ages exist. Like, you, you, those are going to kill someone. Like, you can't show people work replacement. It just doesn't work. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put Tigris and Euphrates on the yeah, table for the first time. Yeah, you time. can't do that. But you can throw something like Machikoro down on the table and say, all right, here's a definitive set of rules you, you don't have to do anything specific, and all you're going to do is buy things that are going to eventually make you money. <laughs> How do you want to invest your money? That's simple enough. People can people can understand that. You stuff. can I can I actually kind of go like you know, you know how kind of how Monopoly works in a way exactly you know you, since you're you're familiar you to, yeah, and that's what you do you kind of launch it off of something it's like okay since you like this let me show you something that's similar to that and mm -hmm. I found that is helpful. Oh, definitely. Okay. Um, and so, uh, what would you, like you said, you would do Machikuru, what would be some other ones that you would introduce to somebody that might be the first ones? Um, it also depends, like, uh, so one big factor that I would look at someone is, is like, if I feel that they're gonna want a, what, what their background is in any of this, like, in nerd culture in general kind of helps me out it, sometimes. It just might be somebody, well, my dad and I used to play Rummy. I've played, sure. I've played Yahtzee. I've played Monopoly. But these things look intimidating. So you know that that's a person that likes to play games. They're just not, these just look intimidating. So what would you think would kind of bring them into, like, you know what? I mean, the, the boxes look pretty. Oh, um, you know, no but what would, <laughs> but what would get somebody to inspire them to come on in here and say, you know what, I'd really like to try this out. I like to present social games a okay. lot too. Um, an example, like Codenames is a really fun, easy game oh, to get people yes. into. Oh, yes. Yes. I love um, that one. I love that. Um, Dixit is a really great game. Like, it's like, if you like apples to apples, Dixit. Exactly. It's, it's a really easy translation right over. Mm -hmm. um, and th there's a lot of those that are keep coming out. And they keep 
They're, they're good. Yeah, it's just like, you know, hey, the first batch is free. And then you got you got somebody, you know, that's hooked now. Because once they see how these games are played, they keep coming back. Exactly. And then they want, like, you know, I got something. If you really like this one, this one's even more challenging. Try that. Exactly. And you keep, you know, keep trying to pull them in. Um, so if so, so, let's say let's go back to what my original thought process was. It's like somebody comes in and you're advertising a game night. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do you want people to know that may have maybe you know gamerheads like us or somebody that I was just describing, somebody that's kind of new to it. I don't know what what we would class the classify these folks, but just somebody that's new to the air, to it and a little intimidated, but. What, how would you have them feel, you know, want to come in and give it a try? What, how would you like to present that or let them know about your game days? Um, hmm. How do I put that? Um, well, one of the things, like, we're, we're definitely a really inclusive group. Like, we, we'll have gaming going on throughout the day on a game day. I'll have board games going on just up on this upstairs table, and I'll just be playing games throughout the day on those days. Mm -hmm. People come in if they want to come, like they'll. I have some people just stand here and watch game for like twenty minutes, and then realize that they were coming in here to buy comic books. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll just be like, pull up a chair, just sit down, please. If you have questions, stop us. Like we're just enjoying a game right now. Don't worry about it. You can literally ask any question you want because we're here to answer questions. We're here to be a part of this community. That's like, and we'd like to initiate more people to the community all the time. Obviously, <laughs> um, in fact, one of uh, one of my best like one of my best customers, good friend of mine, uh, he came in here about a year ago. He had moved here from South Carolina. Literally came in here to buy magic cards. And it was on a night that was a game night. And uh, he came in the door, and I, we did all the magic stuff. And he asked me, like, what time events were. And I said, well, usually we have this magic event at this time right here. But tonight is board game night. And then I had people coming in. I had just people bringing in, like, totes of board games. So they games. bring in their own games in. Oh, yeah. People are bringing in, like, So you don't have to, you don't actually supply games. They, people bring them. The... That's the nice thing about Western PA Gaming is that their big group people, they'll bring in totes of games. Like, they'll bring in three Ikea bags full of games. I do have, I, I have a selection of games downstairs, but it's not to the level that, and like, I also bring in my, my collection from home too, because, well, I have some games that I like, <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, but... They, they're they really great about bringing in a nice diversity of games, which is really, really nice. It's one of the one reasons that I really, really love working with them is that they're so dedicated to bringing games to people that they will literally bring games to you. Um, and, uh, yeah, one of the nice things that happened was he this had been his first time even walking into the store. And I said, well, here, just uh, I know this is a little bit intimidating, but... And this is, like, literally your first time walking in, but do you want to, like, be a part of an event? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we're having this board game thing right now. Come on downstairs. We'll show you everything you need to know. Do you play board games at all? And he's like, a little bit. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, this is the perfect, this will be a perfect game for you. I actually had Redbeard right at the table, and I was just like, 
and he started working up a game, and he's great at explaining stuff. Like, that's one thing I really love about him. It, and uh, he kept coming back. He just keeps coming back. Like, he's been a really he's been a really dedicated customer here and uh he's and he comes to our board game nights pretty much every other every every other month which i mean got him hooked yeah got him hooked. <laughs> that's exactly all need. that's all you need yeah. i think that's interesting um you have it downstairs mm-hmm. it, you know somebody walking in might going wow how could you play board games here but in fact you actually have a large space down in the basement exactly that you have several you, know, you have set up with your games as well as several tables and such exactly okay okay so that's a really good um um setup for you guys it, it also uh it, it keeps people from feeling like they're fish as well like i've always noticed that uh especially with my old location when you would look in you'd see all the tables and you'd see all the people and people would just stare and i'm like i do feel like a fish when i'm doing this because <laughs> like there are people just like looking at me <laughs> and that's that's a huge intimidating factor for people it really yeah, is that's that's what i what my, i'm trying to accomplish there is that this yeah. can be very intimidating and it really isn't because it's just like Phil said at Games Masters. I yeah. did it again. It's Game Master. Sorry, Phil. Um, is that they look intimidating, but they're designed to be fun. Absolutely. And then once you think, you know, okay, okay, I get that. And then it's like, then it, it kind of like rips the Band-Aid off and you're ready to go with it, you know? Definitely. And I think that's an interesting part of it is to just, just you know, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Come into, especially a group like Western PA. Um, my meetup is actually Southwestern PA because I'm a little bit more sure, towards the yeah. Washington County area. Yeah. And I need to reach back out with to uh, Red Beer myself. I haven't done that yet. Um, but just to come in, meet, find these people on meetup and uh, connect with them and find out what their schedules are. Mm-hmm. Now for yourself, mm-hmm. how do you know get people to know about your game nights, either board game nights, card nights, how do you get the word out about what you do and events that you have? Well, on top of Meetup, obviously, we use Meetup to... Uh, uh, oh, so what are you on Meetup, by the way? I actually go right through Western PA Gaming. Like, oh, okay. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an event organizer through them now. Okay. Um, that's a somewhat recent development. Like, that was probably within the last six months I had just gotten to an event organizer with them. But, um, I obviously, I use Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, that type of setup. Mostly just social media is what gets our, our word out about the, the gaming. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've been primarily using. Just pretty much social media, word of mouth, and I get, a, I get probably about 30... 35 people per board game night is pretty average. That's really cool. Um, how about other organizations like GASP or um, Circle of Swords? I have heard of GASP. Uh, Circle of Swords, I can't say that I've heard of. Okay, probably. they're just they're like Western PA, okay. another sure, organization. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Circle of Swords tends to be more of a, a t- tends to be more of a uh, convention, more almost like more of a tournament. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. I was just curious if uh, if you worked with those guys or were familiar with them as well. How long are your game days usually? How what time do you usually start, and how long does it usually run? We start at about six p.m. Uh, and we go till well, whenever I feel like. Um, usually that ends up being at about one or two in the morning, and we have games. Usually we do some sort of uh, social game at the end of the night, like. 
as of late, the big game has been Secret Hitler. Um, oh my gosh, really? That's yeah. still the big hit? That's like, wow. it's still our end of the night game that we wow. love doing. Social you, deduction games, you know? But no, actually ours, because I used to do a event night out of my house. I used to do a game day out of my house uh -huh. uh, for years in D.C. Sure. Um, and it, I would be one day out of the month, and I would start it at 2 in the afternoon, and it would run until 2 in the morning. And we, you know, just people were in and out all day. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> so it just reminds me, there's always that finale game. Um, how about Werewolf? Is that a big hit it's, um, at times? Oddly enough, I don't think we've had any other game with that social deduction But seriously, angle. Secret Hitler is the big Hitler. one? Secret Hitler is like the only social deduction game that everyone wants to play. Like, we've even tried, like, um, I'm trying to think of some of the games. Like, we tried Crossfire last night, uh, last week mm -hmm. at game night. And we just were like, this just pales in comparison. Why are we even playing this? And we played like three rounds, and we thought, nope, yeah, yeah, now we'll just go back to Secret Hitler. <laughs> it, it always seems to be like that. There was also some game that I cannot remember the name of the game for the life of me. I've been thinking about it for like the last five minutes. Um, you have to pitch a movie idea. You have a character that you get, you have a character card, and then they'll throw you a situation. And then you have to just pitch a movie for 45 minutes, for 45 seconds. Oh my seconds. gosh. It is so much fun, and they can stop you at any point and say, wait a second, we really like your idea, but um, we need it to be a teen romance, uh, a teen romance summer blockbuster. Can you make that happen? And then you have to start integrating whatever story you had about a cat who is now supposed to be trying to be the uh, wrestling world champion, um, and you have to make it a teen romance drama. And you're like, how do you do that? And it's a great. I, 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 it's killing me. I don't know what is the it, dang name is. Is it Deadwood Studios? Deadwood? No, um, no, that's that's a cheap ass game. Uh, I will remember it whenever when, we're done. When I leave, yeah, yeah, of course. That's like how it works. Okay, I'll, I'll add that in. Yeah, it's something about I'll add that in pitching, pitching a, a title or something like that. Okay, that ended up being our end of the night game last last board game night, but. Yeah, ever since, but it's always been Secret Hitler. It's been kind of fun. That's it. Okay, yeah. that's that's awesome. So anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and, and wind up wind this up. Um, and you're here in Bridgeville, PA. Correct. You are uh, your Nerds Cards and Comics Correct. is the actual name of your uh, your store. Yes. You're right here at the intersection. Uh, used to be Mac and Taz right yep, next door right next here, story, but you're yeah. right here on this nice intersection. Where do people park? Right. Right behind here? Yeah, it's uh, on Station Street. Uh, there is a rather large lot there. Um, and what's nice is on our board game nights, uh, we start at 6 o'clock. All the parking is free. So uh -huh. you can just park right behind. And they usually, what time are you usually done when you start around 6? 2 in the morning. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, ha let's see. Um, do do you encourage everybody to come at six? Because a lot of times, once you get started on a game night, uh, you know if you show up at eight or nine, you may or may not get a spot to sit you down might, and play. Yeah, you might not absolutely slot in. Like we have, um, I have a note on the door. Whenever if you come in a little bit later than seven o'clock, usually that's when I I'll lock up the store because that's the the normal hours of the store is two to seven. But if you do get in later, you just give me a call. It, it'll basically just ring me right from downstairs. I'll come get you, and then we'll get you basically into a, a loading zone so that you can get ready for the next game. Um, 
we do have a lot of two-player games to just kind of sit in the loading zone, play around, play some two-player games with whoever else has come in. That's a great idea. Yeah, that that's one big thing. Like, we always have a that's table. That's a nice fix, because that's yeah. a hard thing to come up, yeah. to overcome. We'll always have, like, one to two tables that are just for people who had just gotten in. And that'll make sure that they can continue. So you, you actually put, like, a sign up there loading. <laughs> I, I, that'd be amazing. I should do that. The loading zone. <laughs> Latecomers. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and what, and tell me about, uh, what are your general hours, um, basically, at the we store? We are open uh, Tuesday to Sunday from mm -hmm. 2 to 7. Uh, Sunday, we're actually open from 2 to 6. Uh, that is just one scheduling goofiness, but. <laughs> okay, well, listen, thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate this. Appreciate this. I had a lot of fun talking to you Absolutely. about this. Absolutely, I enjoyed Anything it Anything about games is always a good discussion. Definitely. Okay. On Saturdays and Sundays, I just never have considered, I honestly never had considered it before. Yeah, because I noticed that with some of my attendees that they just can't make it at night. But you said something about kids on Saturdays or Sundays. How do you work that? Well, um, on, on the Saturday events, I'll have, I'll get three or four people that are going to be table leaders, and they're basically going to be in charge of just keeping everyone um, in check, because the, the attention spans are going to be wildly <laughs> off. Like, uh, but we'll have, like, Rhino Hero, like, a few other, like, very, like, easier games, like Camel Up is another great game for kids to understand. And, uh, yeah, I'll basically have about th three stations that are just going to be, have one adult that is just going to be the the game master, if you will, at the table. And they'll just play the game out. Whoever kid wins, awesome. I give out little tickets to the kids whenever they win a game. And then they go into a drawing and then they can win a game, basically. To take oh, them. okay. So w are these uh, special events that you w reach out to a school and bring them in? No. How actually, do you how do you actually have a kid? I've done night? that. I've done that through. We've done that through Western PA Gaming, and um, I'm just at the right age where I've got a lot of friends that have kids at this point um, that are all around. Like, I'm on the younger side of my friend group, and I've always been. Um, so I have a lot of friends that already have kids that are like four, like that are five to eight years old, like that range, and. They just want an opportunity to get out of the house most of the time. And on top of that, they're friends with me, so they're nerds. <laughs> so they, they're, they're going to naturally just want to get their kids into playing games anyway. Uh, and then once they start the word of mouth on that, man, does it just like hit like wildfire. Okay, because I, I know that would be popular. That's why I was asking is like, how do you organize that? Do you just actually have you, a, how many? How often days. have you had? That? How many? How many I've of those been? I have them about four times a year. Okay, so not as frequently, but not you do as have frequently. Them. It's like every three months I do it. Okay. But, I mean, it's it's an undertaking to say the least. Uh, at the end of the day, all the adults that are working the tables look like they're they had just gotten out of a war zone <laughs> because they have. Um, <laughs> but it, it ends up working out pretty well. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much. No problem.